Hello and welcome to episode 5 of If My Feet Could Talk. This one's uh, keeping it Cornish, keeping it real. Um, or words to that effect, really. Today I'm going to be uh, very privileged to have another guest on uh, my podcast. I'll be joined by David Bar- from Bis Vicken Events. A wonderful friend of mine who I've known for about five years and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello. How you doing, all right? All right, mate, yeah. Uh, so, finally got it all sorted, bit of a mismatch, but we got there and I'm still sitting here, mate, with my uh, Batman mask on, just so you're aware how serious this is. Uh, I saw I saw the photo, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I'm currently imaging you as Batman. <laughs> I thought it might help a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so um, welcome to my podcast, buddy. Um, I assume this is your first podcast. Um, this is my, obviously, second one with a guest. Um, the last one went quite well, so hopefully this uh, should be a bit of fun as well. So um, tell the listeners a bit about yourself, buddy. Um, how we met. Uh, how long you've been running, all that sort of stuff. So they got a bit of information about you. Okay. Um. Well, we met. I think that was it. Four years ago, maybe five. I can't remember when you did. Yeah. Uh, Two thousand fifteen, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. But yeah, four years. Five years ago. Five years ago. Five years this year. Um. We met through. I think it was a, a touch clubs page. Um. A friend of yours. Uh. Dropped me a message. Um. Saying. Anybody want to come and support you on your uh, on your YOLO? So I, that was me. I rocked up on your on your last day, and uh, yeah, yeah, that was that was when we met. Seems quite quite a long time ago now, doesn't it? I mean, I was only running for about a year before I met you, um, and then yeah, been running ever since. Six years yesterday um, was my my runniversary yesterday. So there you go. I remember it like it was my first kiss. In fact, I remember it better than it was my first kiss because my first kiss didn't make me feel like I was going to die. So, um, tell us a bit more about yourself. How old are you? Um, uh, I'm uh, 31 in a couple of days. Um, and um, in the last six years of running, um, well, I basically got into running because I was a fat drunk, really. Um, and I just met somebody who badgered me for six months to um, basically get out and run with her. And I just thought, who wants to run? Who's, who's that kind of an idiot? So in the end, just to shut her up, I went out for a run, did four miles. I spent four hours choking my guts up, you know, 20 a day smoker. And uh, next day I went out and ran and the next day I did it again and then did it again. And uh, within these last six years, so I've ended up becoming a race director for an events company called Bisbicken Events. We host coastal races, um, virtual stuff for the people that feel a little bit maybe pressured that they don't want to go out and, and, and run an actual race with lots of people so they can do something in their own time. Uh, their own, you know, their own pace, their own, their own route. Uh, send me the proof that they've done the run and a photo with them in their bespoke bib that I email them and um, I send them a medal. Uh, so yeah, we do lots of little things really. Um, although I'm sure you'd probably find a lot more interesting and more important people to interview than me. So I'm quite flattered yeah. that you've actually uh, wanted to <laughs> wanted me on your Mate, podcast. You, you are you are probably one of the most interesting people I know. So don't you worry about that. That, that, that doesn't mean I don't know many interesting people. I'm just saying <laughs> you are one of the most interesting people that I know. And we'll get into your uh, into your events and everything in, into a bit more detail in a, in a bit. But 
I'm going to talk a bit but more about you and your love for running. Obviously, you mentioned you did it for weight loss, like most of us. We, you know, yeah. you know my story. I, I did it, you know, for weight loss at the beginning. Um, but it's obviously become a lot more than than that. So, what do you love? What is your like about running? Why why is it your your thing? Like running's my thing. It's not for everyone, but it's your thing. And what what flicks your switch for it? Why why does it make you? Why do you tie those laces to get out that door every every time you want to go for a run? The minute I leave the door, I leave everything behind. Um, I leave behind the bills, um, moment momentary um, uh, forgetfulness that I have a mental health issue. You know, um, massive suffer of anxiety and depression. Uh, I, I drank for nearly eight years purely because it was the one thing I could do to feel normal around other people. Um, so coming into a world where I sobered up, it was really quite daunting having to deal with anxiety and having nothing to combat it like alcohol. So you kind of, you facing it in a bit of a sober world. Um, running was the one thing that, that took the edge off of it. Um, it was, so it was kind of dropping one addiction for another. And, um, but you're right when they say, you know, running bug, you really do catch a bug. You know, um, once you've got it, it's difficult to shake it because you're always going out and you're always wanting that that adrenaline, you're wanting that buzz. Um, and I guess the competitiveness in a race as well, it, it, not that, you know, you're Mo Farah and you, you can do, you know, four minute miles in a marathon, um, but it pushes you to be better and it pushes you to think, oh, actually, I can achieve something. It's, okay, so if I've achieved this, what can I achieve now? So you go and find those little things. And it's those things that just keep you ticking, keep you going. Um, and yeah, just really, really, really concentrates the mind on something else other than thoughts of depression and panic attacks. Um, yeah, you, you've been you've been quite open uh, about your mental yeah. health um, since I've known you. Obviously, the more I've got to know you, the more open I found you. Um, maybe, maybe that's because over those last five years that i've known you you've become more open oh yeah um, definitely especially through the the social media feeds so can you can you tell us how how the mental health side of things been really gripping you um obviously coping in running is one of your main coping mechanisms but can you can you elaborate more on on what it does to you and um and how how running it maybe is one of those ways of suppressing um, stuff, just so other listeners that can probably, you know, sort of have empathy with you and some maybe even sympathy with you because they they're exactly the same but don't know what to do. Okay, well, to be honest, um, I, I knew I had a problem in the first place, um, hence why you know I masked it with with, with alcohol and, and smoking weed. Um, well, a lot of us probably did that in our youth anyway. Uh, but when I realised I really had a problem and that it was really bad and I couldn't then, um, with my then fiancé, I, um, I, I couldn't not tell her that I had a problem because it was affecting me so bad. And I thought if I didn't, if I didn't mention it, then, then things would just go wrong and we wouldn't be together now. Um, 
so that's why I had to start really talking about it. And I didn't want to talk about it for so many years. And then suddenly I started talking about it. And the more I talked about it, the easier that it got. Um, and purely because if, if I go and have a spaz out in the middle of a supermarket around loads of people I know, at least they now know why I've done it. And, you know, they, they've got a choice then to either accept it or for, for, for what yeah. it is or, 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 you know, no longer be my friend kind of thing. Um, but running does help. But running also hinders um, because you beat yourself up and you think that you've 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 not done as well as you have or you've put so much training and effort into something and then boom, suddenly you're injured or DNF or you haven't done as well as somebody else has done and oh, you put all that training in and now it's all over and you just hit that big downer, the come down. The come down is brutal. So yeah, running does help, but when the running stops, it's twice as worse as what it was before. Um, so yeah, I. So what do you what what do you do then to deal with that? That obviously you've had that runner's high. Yeah. Um, you, you know, you felt you've done well, or the training's gone well, so you've had that running high through it. You're training, and then obviously, boom, be it a DNF as you said, or an injury, or something that's, or you just had a really bad race, or you had a bad night's sleep, or something, and you just didn't have the of the 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 time that you wanted how do you deal with that 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 come down oh to be honest um i think if it wasn't for sal um i'm I'm not really sure what i do uh, in a lot of those situations um i do get a little bit snappy and I'm, I'm i'm really um really down um i try and talk about it as much as i can to try and alleviate it and then i just kind of throw myself into something else just to take my mind off of it Constantly having things to do all the time is probably mostly how I cope, uh, which is what really brings me on to to the events. Um, the events that I yeah, organise, yeah. I view much in the way of you're going out and you're training for a marathon or you're training for something bigger. Um, you put all the effort because in. of the long process behind. Yeah, it. absolutely. You know, you're looking. It's at... not. It's not like you've, you've you've woke up in the morning and said, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna put on a marathon today. I'll just go and grab X, Y, and Z. Right, the marathon's done. Put X, Y, and Z done. That's it done. You've got that long process of building up with obviously sponsors, you know, the logistics and everything else, and then obviously the social media side of things. It obviously takes a while. Yeah, I mean, you got to get all these things. You got nine, nine to twelve months of just solid planning, and I'm doing stuff every single day. I mean, all right, you know, in the last month or two, that's when the roller coaster really starts picking up speed before before the event. Uh, because there's not a lot that you can really do before that. And then all suddenly it all hits and it all comes together. And me being me, th this is where I thrive off my anxiety. If somebody turned around to me now and said to me, I've got this nice little pill, whatever colour it may be, in my hand, it will cure you of all your anxiety and all your depression for the rest of your life. And you'll never have it again. I will tell them to keep it. And I will tell them to go and give it to somebody else. And I only say that because my anxiety makes me over-organize every single little aspect in my life. And if I didn't have my anxiety, then there would be corners cut with everything that I did because I wouldn't be looking at all of the ways where I can over-organize something. So yeah, my anxiety actually makes my event company what it is. It's just the fact that I'm always constantly thinking, oh my God, if... So in a way, in a way, your, your anxiety your your mental health although it it's obviously got its fucking downside major downside and a lot of people know that but for you when it comes to putting on your events and stuff actually becomes almost like a superpower to you for that moment 
for that. Period. Well, I've not really thought so, about it like that, so, but yeah, I, I think you probably. You right. see what I mean? You you use yeah. it, but in a positive way instead of letting it fuck you over even more because that's what it's doing in and out of the other times. You used it in a positive way, and you've put on some some of the most fucking brilliant events I've ever seen, um, and participated in myself. So. To me, that sounds like a, a okay. It's not a real what we call a superpower like Marvel yeah. or DC or whatever they are, but it's a superpower to you because you're using it in a positive way. That's helping other people, as in you're putting on events and people are training. It's helping them with their mental health because you know they need events like yours absolutely to get them through the next. You know, day. I mean, I I give people something to do because th- th- this is literally my only concern. I mean, you, you can you can you can forget the money. I'm not in this for profit. Do you know what I mean? But money's a nice thing. And as long as I've got enough to pay my bills, you know, I'm happy. Um, but at the end of the day, if I can give, I don't know, 300 people something to do on a Saturday morning that isn't thinking about that, you know, or their fucking bills and crap they've got going on at home or, you know, a, a divorce yeah. or if they're grieving for, you know what I mean? All these things that yeah, will yeah, trigger exactly. your mental health off. At, at the end of the day, if they've got something they can focus on for just an hour and a half on a Saturday morning, great. Then I've done my job. You know, and and I'm, I'm I'm from you that from you personally because obviously we can't speak for all all run directors no, no. and race directors and stuff. They've got their own reasons for doing Absolutely. what they do. But for you, it, it it stems from your mental health, and that's a and for, and that for me personally, I see a positive from that. Um, I think it's fucking brilliant. Yeah, I I I organise. Um... I wouldn't ever put on a race that I'd never want to do myself. That's first and foremost. And I think a lot of run directors will probably think the same, uh, probably have that, that that same. I'd be very, yeah. I mean, apart from what I call, I don't know, maybe some of the, the, the really, obviously there's all types of different races, but some of the big, big, what I call corporation races, not not your, you know, your smaller business races, you know, I think the majority of them, they, if obviously if they could, they would run their own race, um, or that you know they've done similar yeah. events themselves that where they participate, so they know what they're capable of. Um, they wouldn't put on something that is stupidly difficult that they wouldn't attempt. Absolutely, um, and I mean, in terms of of my own anxiety, uh, I, I kind of accidentally, I didn't specifically start doing this. And, and, and being an event director because of my anxiety. Um, I kind of fell into it by pure accident. Um, I actually did a race. I, I won't say what race, um, but I'd worked hard for like 12 months to beat this one person with friends, you know. Um, but I was, oh, he's beating me again. Oh, he's beating me again. Every race, one after the other. It was always one or two places ahead of me and I was only a couple of seconds behind him. So last race of the, uh, of the season, um, I ran so, so hard. I sprint finished so hard. I managed to beat him. But because I um, I pulled my groin and threw up over the finish line, which was really spectacular. Um, obviously, I had to stay in the funnel, but I couldn't because I was retching. And uh, it showed in the results that the guy that I'd actually beat finished two places ahead of me. Well, that was my fault, my bad, you know. So anyway... I sent the organisers a message and said, oh, look, you know, I'm really sorry. I was throwing up, you know, as your timekeepers could see. Anyway, so I got the message back on, on Facebook Messenger. I'd like to be at the next fucking race you organise. Boom. 
there it was. <laughs> and to this day, five years later, he still isn't ever ever turned up at one of my races. So you know, well, he he will know who yeah. he is. He Here's to a free invite say, for yeah, you. You can always thank that person, can't you? That that person's created something yeah, beautiful. Yeah, yeah well. <laughs> That kind of just spurred me on going. Oh, actually, you know, he may not, he may not, have, he may not have actually created the events and the crazy ideas you come up with, but he planted that seed. And it was, yeah, so, I'm, I'm grateful for that. To be honest, I hold no animosity toward that. But I just thought, you know what, I, yeah, let's go and, uh, yeah. But it shows the type of person yeah. he is. And then a month later, I went to a uh, a social um, event in the area uh, called Jolly Roger, and I thought, well, I really like this so much. I thought, well, I want to make my first event something a bit social. And, uh, and that was, of course, the Cousin Jack Classic. I put a few things out on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I expected, like, maybe 10, 20 people to turn up. 100 people turned up, which I wasn't actually expecting that kind of turnout, if I'm honest. And, uh, yeah, that really created something um, that I thought I needed to build on. I wanted to build on. Not needed to, but really wanted to. So, so on, on, as we're on races at the moment, what is the favourite race you've ever done, and and do you have a like a bucket list, a dream race that you know what that ticks every single fucking mental capability I've got, be it running in circles, whatever. Is there a dream race for you what, as well? What you, you mean an event that that I put on? What's my favourite event? No, no. What is the favourite race you've ra- ra- raced oh, yourself? That's easy. So whether it's the you know the the the, the mar- uh, marathon on the pier or what have you. And what is is there a dream? So yeah, um, that South End Pier Marathon. Yeah, eleven times up and down the pier. It's um, it's quite mad, uh, especially when it's raining. Nothing can prepare you for running twenty six miles on wet wood. Bizarre. Uh, it's like it's like running on um, like Seven Bridge. I don't know if you've ever run on the Seven Bridge. It's got that real track like bounciness to it. Um, yeah, really yeah. love the pier really really mental and it's literally the straightest route i have ever seen on my garmin map um dream race <sighs> I, there's a lot of races out there i'd like to do another 100 maybe um one day um to be honest it's just one day to the next really um i got boyd coming up i wouldn't necessarily say it was a dream race um <laughs> It might be a nightmare. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the one thing that, that, that led me to want to do that is just because of how many or, or how little people will be doing it. Um, I like that lonely yeah. aspect, which is really strange considering my anxiety and depression. You're not, you're not the first one I've come across who prefers that solitude, which is why I suppose most people, especially in the ultra running community, like the, the smaller... Yeah. Ultra runner distance where you're there's not that many people that are going to be out and it pretty much most of the time going to be by and it's yourself. a different atmosphere anyway you know it's those different kind Not of different. runners um I know you know there are you yeah. know so many thousands hundreds of thousands of people out there that have done London Marathon but nothing nothing would make me feel more anxious than having to be on a start line with forty thousand people well. That just makes me feel sick thinking about it. Give me a race. Oh, imagine if they started cheering your name as well, mate. Oh. Uh, give me a race with 20 people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all right, you know. Or three. Or three, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. Exactly. So, 
why do you run love running around why do I... so much? As you know, I obviously I I I, I see your Facebook all the time. It's like I it's like love it some... when you've done I don't know two thousand laps of a skate park, you know four thousand laps of you know your garden steps. What what is it doing multiple shit, lots of times? What why why is it? I don't have to think. Much? I don't have to think. Um, I remember when I did the multi-story car park marathon, the only one, I think it was 78 laps up and 78 laps down. It might have been seven or eight floors or, or something. Um, that was some crazy shit. Running around in a fucking car park. One of the best things I ever did in my entire life. People were struggling mentally. You could see people struggling. And I'm just running around going, la da da I'm fine. You know, um, I'm not always fine running the marathon. A marathon is a marathon. No matter where you run it, it still hurts. Uh, but mentally, I'm fine because... I've been through some fucking shit, you know, in my own head. That was 10 times worse than the mind-numbing boringness of running around in a circle. So when I get to running around a circle, I don't have to think about anything. I don't have to think about where I'm going. I don't have to think about what I'm doing. Yeah, you're not going to worry again. Well, you never know. Exactly. <laughs> not going to worry about getting lost. But it's, it's, it's mental training. I just, I just really like doing it. I get a real yeah, buzz yeah. out of doing it. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, a bit, it's a bit mad when you think, I want to run 20 miles of a 0.07 mile loop around a skate bowl rim on a Monday morning or whatever. You know, it's not kind of your average run. I can run 10 miles out and run 10 miles back. But now, I, you know, I'd rather choose to run 20 miles sometimes around in a circle just because that's kind of how I'm feeling. It's almost like fighting fire with yeah. fire in a way. You've got to pick the shit to, you know, I don't know, combat the shit. I always say... That every once in a while, this is where Boyd comes in. Bring out your dad. This is where this comes in. Because I know this is a race that's going to make me feel like absolute shit. And I want that because sometimes you need something to make you feel so shit. It puts everything else in your life back in a perspective. To make you feel yeah, good absolutely. at the end of it. And that's kind of what running around in circles is like. Yeah, yeah. I think, I, I think that's a lot of reason why people uh, like myself, you know, you know, my first you know, I, I started properly running and training because I got a place in the London Marathon. Okay, the London Marathon is, is, is an, not an event mm. for everyone, but that same principle, you know, where all the training and the distance and everything else, it's that feeling at the end of it, you know, it brings oh, you absolutely. right down. It doesn't matter whether you're at the back of the pack running slowly or whether you're fucking balls out at the front. It's hot. It hurts. Yeah, you, 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 you all put the same effort into the training and to the race. It doesn't matter where you are in it. You've still got that that same level of, of, of percentage of your of your your workload, you know. Um, so you all end up having that same kind of same kind of come down, really. But yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. It's um, yeah, yeah. I I remember when I did White Rose Hundred. Um, I kind of hit my come down sort of 76 miles in. It was like, wow, well, th th this is, you know, 25, 26 miles too early. <laughs> I, when you're just really spent and you just get to that point where you just feel like absolute shit and it's two o'clock in the morning and you're talking to a yeah. fucking sheep because it's the only thing that's around. And put the sheep in the, No, there. the sheep isn't actually there. No, no, that's <laughs> it, you know. Or, 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 or you're, you're crying <laughs> on a wall of a canal path because you don't know where you're going anymore and you don't know if you can do yeah. it. Um, it, yeah, so you crouched out of the feet. Yeah, position. yeah, it's it's, it's that <laughs> constant battle where I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. I'm I'm not going to do this. I'm I'm not going to finish. I'm going to be shit. You know, 
um, you, you have to battle with that. And, and I think for me, the running around in circles constantly really gives me that mentality of actually I can do that. Because if I can run 20 miles or, or, or 26 miles around a car park, do you know what I mean, I can run 26 miles on a, where, you know, wherever kind of thing. Um, within yeah, reason, yeah. obviously. So, that, so obviously, this this brings me on to your actual own events, right? So let's go through your events. Let's 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 tell our listeners. Um, first of all, what's your your what your, what is your event company? And then we'll go through every single event. You know, give them a description. You know, the type of size it is, so people can get a, an idea on. You know, is it a fucking mass participation event? Which, or is it a really, really tiny event? All that sort of stuff. And what, what, do, what they expect if they were to turn up to your one to one of your events? You know, what sort of thing? Okay. Uh, well, my event company, Bisbicken Events and Cornish Trails. Firstly, I'll bring listeners to the name Bisbicken Events. Um, obviously, there's a phrase that most Cornwall people would Cornish people would know: Kono Bisbicken, Cornwall forever. And I wanted something in. A, um, a, a an event company name that would sum up what the events were like. Um, so Bisviken Cornish for forever, as you know yourself, running thirty six mile uh, thirty six hours, sorry, around uh, King George V Memorial Walk in Hale, that it felt like forever. Um, so that that pretty much set the precedence for what I was trying to create, really. Um, all of my events, I wouldn't necessarily say are big. I've got Three flagship events every year, Cousin Jack Classic, uh, which celebrates the history and the heritage of the Tin Coast in Cornwall um, and Falls. Where, whereabouts is that? For, for so that's on the southwest coast path between um, uh, Cape Cornwall and St Ives. It's probably 17 and a half miles of the most remote hazardous section um, of coast path. Barren, very barren. There's really not a lot there yeah uh, you get you get to a certain point literally after the teen coast so after four miles in the next 13 miles pretty much look the same you could be anywhere in on that section of coast and you could be anywhere you know um yeah you'd be like oh there's a exactly everything looks the same punishing granite you know you're looking at what five thousand foot of elevation for 17 and a half miles um that doesn't sound like a lot but when you're out there, there's a lot of little nippy hills. Um, yeah, I, I. And cousin Jack, you've 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 varied that since I have. the first one, haven't you? Now, so you've got a few. That's right. I've got little Jack, distances. which is uh, seven miles, and that goes from Zena to St Ives. Um, starts at Zena Car Park next to Zena Church. Uh, I've got Ultra Jack as well, which is uh, 35 miles. So it starts at St Ives, 5:30 in the morning. Heads out to Cape Cornwall, turns around Cape Cornwall, comes back where you've just been. And then finishes back in St. Ives again on the island, um, of which I also do a marathon on. So 64 times around the island in St. Ives. That's, and that's the, just the, that, island that's the island marathon. Yeah, this year we're doing a midnight version yeah. of, although fingers crossed, we're still doing a midnight version of. Um, yeah. yeah, really not the ideal time at the minute to um, be probably plugging my summer events <laughs> no but the yeah thing is people know they're out there then all right uh, and when you and when the, all this crazy shit is over and done with um, and um and the dumbasses of 
are, are buggered off and you know we're allowed back out and allowed to enter events again it's out here and that's one of the reasons why i want to speak to you because you know you are one your friend to uh your local business maybe not so local to me but yeah, yeah. you are local to a lot of my other friends down there and i just want to help where i can so you know um this is one way of doing it so you are uh, the marathon uh, it's uh, currently for the 10th and 11th of july um so fingers crossed we're looking right yeah uh okay. we've got smuggler scuttler um although that will be postponed um, I just don't know when. We're hoping, yeah. hoping for a December date, but that's normally that normally takes place at the end of June, and that is a coastal half marathon between Lands End and Cape Cornwall and back. That's right. Yeah, Dressed yeah. The very first pirate and yeah. smuggling themed coastal half marathon in the UK. I have, I have seen. I haven't, I haven't run that one yet because it just always ties in with something else. However, um, I have always seen the pictures and and what have you, and everyone Absolutely. really does go balls out for that. Um, you know, some fabulous. You run um, to Cape Cornwall, pick up your contraband small. and come back. Yeah. You know, you pick up some rum, which is great. You pick up some gemstones. You pick up you pick up which, a tea bag because he doesn't have a good tea bag. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> this is true. Yeah, Chinese yeah. tea, mate. You, you know, always pirate yeah, you, 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 uh, you come back for, for, for every um, item that you've uh, you're missing. You get a ten minute time penalty if you're missing all of the items. You don't get a medal. Okay, uh, what else have we got? You've got obviously Fat Jack, yeah, which is Ultra Jack yeah. times two. Um, um, I'm not sure anyone's going to complete that, which we'll I'm, see. I've, I've entered. No, I, I, I'm not, I'm not even, I've already, people have already asked me. I said, look, no, what I plan to do yeah, exactly. is do as much exactly. as I fucking can <laughs> and use it to beast the shit out of me. And hopefully, fingers crossed, you know, um, I get. I get to complete it. But well, yeah. It, you know, everyone might surprise me. And everyone that's in it might have finished it. Might prove me all wrong. And I hope they all do, to be honest. Yeah. Um, it's just not something that, that that I've ever seen anyone ever do before. Um, and that that's what made me want to do it. Um, which is another thing about my events as well. I see what's going on everywhere else, you know. And I think, well, I want to be different. Because what's going to uh, separate yeah. my event from a jolly around the woods, you know, that... So well, yes, uh, another exactly. one of my events is the St. Evel Kart Circuit Marathon and Half Marathon. Uh, it's the only kart circuit, go-kart track, marathon and half marathon in the world. It comprises of 43 and 21 and a half laps of a go-kart track. Let's see, now, as you're, I know you're a, a petrol, yeah. you're an F1 fan exactly like me. And there's something running, I've run, luckily I've been quite... I've been quite lucky. I've managed to run around a few F1 tracks in my time. I know you've run, uh, yeah, yeah. It was last year you ran Silverstone. Um, something special for an F1 fan to be able to run a race. Oh, absolutely. I think it's great. I don't, I don't know what it is. It's just, it's like, although you can't drive a car, yeah. this is the next best thing. Yeah, you do, you get, you do get a real <laughs> buzz out of it. Um, and I, I've gone to town buying props and all sorts for, for, for this year's. So we can just turn it into like a, a mini F1 track, you know, so there'll be. Um... That, that is that is something I think I, I think if you ask any one of your entrants over the, I don't know, the, the, the years you've been putting on now, probably the, the medals and the prizes, the trophies have always been some of the, the biggest, some of the most specialist or the most thought uh, process have gone into them. 
um, to make them that little bit more special than a generic bought off the, off the internet uh, bulk buy type thing. It's, um, you know, the trophies I mail I got from King King George was, you know, in my bar sports bar happily happily pronounced. It's uh, it's it's brilliant. So, um, I generally think you know you you do something special with your medals, you know, and uh, no, I, mean, I think you have that. to because <laughs> for never. me, it's not just here you go, you finished a race, well done, stick this around your neck. It's thank you, it's a big thank you. So it needs to be it, it, like a gift, really, because at the end of the day, people are spending their hard-earned money and their time and their effort and their trust on your on your race, on your event. So they, they deserve something nice at the end of it, not yeah. there you go, I've spent 50p from whatever metal company online because it's generic you know and it just says oh i've done a 10k you know not that there's anything wrong with that right or or or, or anybody who, who who buys those medals but there's a big difference between for me lots of people say to me you can't run a business with with your heart and that's true and there's a reason why i'm skint and a lot of other race directors are a lot more richer than i am but if you look at the content of the two you know i know which one i'd rather do okay so Quick, uh, Ditty, on your virtual insanity uh, race you're currently doing at the moment for the, those uh, obviously like us working from home, stuck uh, stuck in isolation, or what have you. Have a quick, uh, yeah, quick vir- the virtual insanity. Um, it was kind of an idea, sort of really spawned for for a couple of reasons. One, because we're you know none of us can race now, and we've all entered stuff that we can't do at the minute, uh, and people are going start roving bonkers at home. Um, it's been good for me because it's keeping me busy and keeping my brain occupied. So basically, um, what I've got, I've, I've currently got three different virtual events going. Um, one of them is for previous medals. Um, so, you know, you can, you can have a look at online at our previous, previous medals, see which one you want to do. You choose your medal, you go out and run 10 K, send me uh, a photo and, and your data and I'll send you a, a hand wrapped medal. Um, and the other one is uh, Laps on Lockdown, which goes live at 6 o'clock tonight. So there's 5K, 10K, half marathon, the full marathon. You can choose your route. Um, I don't encourage you to drive to your route. Obviously, you can stay at home, do a marathon in your garden or go on a treadmill. Um, but as long as you do a minimum of five laps in any of your route, just five laps of something, then you qualify for, for, for a bespoke medal. Um, and that's a brand new medal. Um, that I've created and then of course there's Hot Warts Harry so obviously our events company has like lots of different mascots we've yep. got two rabbits um, cuddly rabbits not real ones obviously definitely not a real T-Rex so a cuddly T-Rex and a cuddly dragon um, what started off as a bit of a fun idea to um, to just raise money for charity sort of turned into something a bit bigger really so Hot Warts Harry you can get yourself a little uh, wizard Harry um bling if you go and run a run a 10k and so they information can, they can get on the website on your website, yeah, yeah. Web, website facebook, your page, facebook page yeah um raise money for charity uh with our new virtual insanity the laps on lockdown is for the um the royal cornwall hospice at uh, royal cornwall hospice sorry royal cornwall hospitals um charity and the hot warts harry is for the eve appeal um raising money for them and they deal with um uh gynecological cancers um five five of them 
And of course, one of which was the reason why my mum passed away back in September. So this was kind of really something that I wanted to do to raise money for that charity so it can do some more research um, into the cancers, really, that, that, that killed my mum. So, you know, it was kind of like a nice thing to do and a personal thing. Excellent. Brilliant, mate. So um, before we go, just needed to uh, ask you this, right? So I saw on your Facebook, mate, there was a plate with a pasty, knives and forks. Yeah. And he was cut in half. No, I wasn't. You weren't happy at all, mate. Two reasons. You were absolutely really? fucking livid. Yeah. Why Why were you so livid? Because obviously anyone outside... No, Crafty's got a fucking handle. The pastor's got a handle. And the reason why pastor's got a handle is because the miners held it and then ate the rest of it and then they could discard that handle because it was dirty with their hands full of coal and dust and shit, right? So no one really ate, ate the crust anyway. But second reason why it pissed me off, I don't know why they didn't cut it the right way. They just cut it down the middle, you know, so it was... It, I mean, it didn't even make any sense. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't even like in half so you could have half a pasty. And hold it with one hand. No, that's right. No, eat the other half later on. It was literally that's it. Top to bottom, top end to so, bottom. So end. the crust was still really? complete, but on the left, just just bizarre. Yeah, yeah. Mate, I generally thought, right? Well, I could, I could imagine you sitting there, and you, you, you've just like looked at the picture and then shouted at your laptop or going. No, nah, that's pretty much what it was. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I've got, I've got to score that photo and share that. Yeah, it was it was almost as. Oh, there's there's a there's a few there's a few things. And I'm not I'm not a Cornishman by birth. I grew up in Cornwall, so I'm proud of my Welsh heritage. I'm also very proud of of Cornwall, where I'm from. So there there is a lot of things that wind me up, and that you know things like that. For uh, going into a shop further up country, and they go, "Oh, you've got Cornish pasty," and you bite into it, and one, it tastes like shit. Oh, Two, yeah. it's got fucking carrots and other stuff, which ain't Peas and pasties. carrots. So they've lied. Peas and carrots in it, and it's fucking lie. top crimp. Top crimp ain't past it to pie. Yeah. No. It's like when they go, oh, it's a chicken Cornish pasty. There's no yeah. such chicken thing as a chicken Cornish, Cornish pasty. pasty. Yeah, lovely. <laughs> fucking hell. Yeah, yeah. I could, I could say... I, I fully understand. I, I did. I was sitting there chuckling to myself. <laughs> I feel your pain. Yep. <laughs> Although for a Cornishman, when it comes I'm not to that cream bothered. Tea, so I'm not, not that really bothered that for the simple you? reason is I'm really bored of the cream tea debate. If there was a single tiny little percentage of anything in the world that made me embarrassed to tell people I'm from Cornwall, it's the fucking cream tea debate. <laughs> it doesn't matter what goes on first, jam or cream. If you're that bothered, turn the fucking thing upside down. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah, just, yeah, just have a scone sandwich. Lovely. Just scone sandwich. Scone sandwich. <laughs> well, mate, it's been absolutely uh, great talking to you and catching up. Um, really enjoyed that chat. Yeah, um, man. Thanks you, for having me on. It's it nice well, mate, to just you know? waffle along and, you know, spend a little bit of my day. Well, that's what that's what most po- podcasts are, I think, if you uh, uh, listen to them. Most of them are just people waffling on apart from those that actually staged you know with the, the i don't know talk about oh, was it something oh, i heard someone it's shags a marriage or whatever podcast it, it's obviously scripted um so it's 
and you might as well you're listening to the archers basically it's a bit a bit bollocks i like real yeah there's not like many of them left podcasts, do you know what i mean you know, I, so I find myself listening know. to um well actually all the podcasts i listen to are pretty much like this really Yeah, and that's I think that's how it is, how it should yeah, yeah. be. And there's some really fucking good ones out there. Um, I've only just over the last uh, probably six months or so started getting into podcasts because normally I li- if I listen to anything on my phone, it's music. Um, so you know it makes a nice change, and it's something that I've actually you know people I've heard people using them on the run on long runs, listening to a excuse me, listening to a podcast. I thought actually. That's quite good, you know. That's you, you, yeah, it feels yeah, like I, a chat exactly. Them, I, I, I haven't actually done that yet. I know there's a lot of people out there that do listen to podcasts or, or even audiobooks when they're running. Um, I'm not quite sure that I could. Um, I probably will give it a try at some point. Well, yeah, probably yeah, I could probably like take Lord of the Rings with me, couldn't I, or something? The, the oh, entire trilogy for the time it's going to take me out there to do anything. <laughs> Uh, I've I've literally the the only plan I've got for bring out your dead is finish and don't die that is it and I think that's that's probably the only plan plan anyone's got going into that because it's ridiculous (laughs) well it's been an absolute pleasure buddy and um, obviously I'll I'll catch up when when this place is uh, all up you know, free for us to roam again. And yeah, we, cool, mate. We meet yeah, again stay on the trail safe. Somewhere, Look after you, everyone, and stay indoors. <laughs> yeah. No worries. Um, and that is uh, Dave. Um, please check out his website. Please check out uh, his Facebook, his uh, events page. Get on there, get all the information, get entered there. Some of the best events uh, I've ever uh, raced, and I know friends love them. Um, so please check him out. Uh, get involved in these events. Uh, um, virtual ones while while we got the opportunity to uh, and support your local business uh, until next time guys on uh, If My Feet Could Talk <laughs>